When an experience is really intrinsically fulfilling, I'm pretty comfortable living a very simple life and enjoying a simple income that is giving me all sorts of other rich, personally fulfilling rewards. Welcome to the 50th episode of Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and make the tough changes necessary to find more fulfilling work. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you relaunch your own career. Today, I've invited our very first guest from episode one, who relaunched her career from being an educational researcher to a wellness chef and educator, to come back and share the big lessons she's learned and surprises she's faced along the way since we last spoke two years ago. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll talk about why I believe making the effort to pursue more meaningful work is absolutely worth it. Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate it, and welcome to the 50th episode of Career Relaunch. I'm super excited to reach this milestone with the podcast, and to mark this very special episode, I've invited Kelly Kara back to the show. Kelly was our very first featured guest in our debut episode of Career Relaunch way back in September 2016 when this show first launched, and our first guest to return for a second time to the show. When I asked for listeners to vote on the guest you would most like to hear from again, Kelly got the most votes. Kelly's now dedicated to environmentally responsible and humane living, sustainability, and generosity. After leaving her job as an educational researcher behind over four years ago, Kelly has since become a nutrition researcher, educator, and health supportive chef passionate about promoting whole person health and wellness through nutrition and lifestyle habits. And this is something new since we recorded episode one. She's currently pursuing a graduate degree at the Tufts Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy, where her main research interests involve the impact of food processing from raw foods to ultra-processed foods on overall health. Kelly is now a contributor to the Friedman Sprout online newspaper, where her articles highlight the challenges of accessing and choosing nutritious and healthy foods. I'm really excited to talk with Kelly again and to give you a realistic glimpse into how things actually turn out after you decide to change careers. And as you'll hear, some things go the way you want, but some things definitely don't. You can get all the show notes from this episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 50. Kelly spoke with me from Austin, Texas, a couple months before she relocated to Boston. Okay. Hello, Kelly. Good to talk with you again. Yeah, great to talk with you. So welcome back to the show. Uh, We recorded our conversation in February 2016, which was over two years ago, I think right after you moved to Austin. And uh, then in episode 40, I asked listeners to vote for who they wanted to most hear from again, and you got the most votes. Could you just give me a little reminder of the, the very high level timeline of the major milestones since 2012 when you first had those pangs of wanting to make a change? So in 2012, um, I was working at Missouri State University in um, an assessment research coordinator position, doing uh, statistical analysis and also teaching a statistics class, but really wanted to gear my research more in the direction of nutrition and wellness. And I had no outlet for that. And I had no foot in the door for that. So um, I decided to move to Austin, Texas with my husband so that I could attend a health supportive nutrition 
related culinary school down here at the time. Uh, it was called Natural Epicurean Academy of Culinary Arts. And that was 2014, is that right? Yeah. So 2014, we made the move, attended the school. That was a six-month program. And then after that, I had um, a couple of internship opportunities that turned into full-time employment. And we've been here ever since. And I've been doing a variety of things since then, uh, just staying in the nutrition and wellness sector, but not getting to do research so much. So I'm trying to come back to that now at this point. So you started your journey in 2012, 2014, you started school. We spoke in 2016. What's happening right now at this moment in your career and your life? My husband and I created our own business. We created an LLC in December of 2015, just because we thought, you know, really when we moved down here to Austin, we wanted to educate people about what we had learned with regard to nutrition and wellness and lifestyle changes that can make a big difference in a person's health. We really right now, what we're doing is teaching some classes for the public. Um, We are working with medical clinic here, a private practice in Austin. And we're teaching classes for a group of adults that have come um, and really are interested in improving their health. Uh, They either have diseases or they have something in their family history that has made them think, you know, I need to make some changes so that this doesn't happen to me. So we're doing that in the evenings. On the weekends, I'm teaching some cooking classes, health supportive cooking classes. And then we're also gearing up for a big move because We've been in Austin for four years, and now we're preparing to move to Boston, Massachusetts for another graduate program (laughs) for me. It sounds like you've actually had a pretty good run here in Austin with doing some of the the wellness programs, because I was was just listening back to the episode number one, which featured you, and you were hoping to bring wellness programs to the corporate world and also to individuals and talk about nutrition and wellness. And it sounds like you've had a chance to, to do that there in Austin. It's been incredible. Um, At the same time, it's also been nothing like what we were hoping for. (laughs) We've had to move away from the corporate side. We really did want to um, do wellness programming for the corporate side because we thought, you know, that would be a better way to make a living. The, The program that we offer is very robust. It's called the Complete Health Improvement Program. We did not design it, but we um, are certified as facilitators of this program. You know, it can be as long as eight to 10 weeks for a program. And um, we'd be going to a corporation one to two times a week, teaching people about the way that nutrition interacts with the bodily processes, how you know, little changes that people can make in their eating habits that can improve their health. And we would be doing that for an extended period of time. So it's it's pretty intensive, actually. And it's therefore a little costly. So we thought a corporate route would be a much more lucrative route for our business. But we were pitching it to insurance companies here in town and um, to any local business we could. And I was cold calling and doing cold emails. And we just weren't getting anyone on board. People would say, yeah, that sounds great. Maybe next year we can work that into our programming. Or, you know, well, what if you could just come and do a one-day cooking class so we can kind of get a taste of what you do? So we'd kind of partner like that. And and they, they liked that. So we just started doing that more. Was there a particular reason why you decided to not continue to pursue the corporate route based on the initial vision you had for what that could look like? The main reason was that after taking about four months to just 
really try and get some clientele going or some clients locked in long term. We were not successful with that. And so, you know, we just kept, like I said, having these one off opportunities and they weren't paying the rent. <laughs> so we were eating into our savings. And um, both of us had full time job opportunities open up. So we both took full time positions. And then we didn't have time to do the full time corporate program. So we kind of just had to take the opportunities that came across our path as they came up and um, carve out a, a new route based on that. Was there anything in particular that surprised you with the first few months of trying to get your programs off the ground? Yeah. um, In fact, I started listening back to your podcast again back then because I think you had um, talked about depression. Oh, yeah. We we had one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Starting your new business. And so right after culinary school, I, I was doing my internships. And then within a year, I came back to the culinary school and started teaching health supportive baking for them. And Devin was teaching nutrition. In October, at the end of October of 2016, then we got a phone call that said, you don't have a culinary school job anymore. Uh, We're going to close the doors. The professional program is closing. So we both lost our jobs at that time. And so that's when I really hit the ground running with our business, uh, V-Life. And we decided to try to put all of our efforts into that. And and within the four months that we really did that, I, I went through all of those different stages of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We don't have income. Austin's expensive to live in. Our business isn't up and running yet. Yeah, I went through a lot of different emotions during that time and struggling to really pinpoint what it was that we were trying to do with our business because we wanted to sell this complete health improvement program people weren't biting. And it, it was a time to really evaluate, am, am I not good at marketing myself? Do we need to pay someone to market our business? Do we have enough money to do that? Are we willing to put money into doing that? Devin and I were sitting in the apartment together, having arguments <laughs> about the business, You know, never having time away and just to reflect and think on our own. So we were going through all of that. Yeah. What's that like to be working with your partner on a business? Because I know that in speaking with people who are like co-founders of businesses or startups, that can be tricky. Now, if your co-founder is the person you're also living with 24-7, could you just give us a glimpse into what that has been like, I guess, both the highs and the lows? So in some ways, of course, it's great because if you want to take a break and have lunch together, you're right there <laughs> and you can, yeah. you can do that. Or if you need to do a presentation together, you can sit and talk about it. And you know, in the middle of the morning, you're having a, a meeting with your partner right on the couch in the living room and it's very comfortable and um, it's very organic. But at the same time, we realized in close proximity, we do have different communication styles. So we were struggling sometimes to understand each other in terms of, you know, what is it that you're trying to ask me to do? Or I need clear directions or I need you to be more direct. And so constantly having that kind of feedback as we developed as business partners and then also trying to be husband and wife, that was very stressful. When we spoke before, you had told me about in your past job, you weren't necessarily taken the best care of yourself like it was physically i guess not the best thing for your your own personal wellness and i was just wondering how you would say your self care has been 
over the past couple of years? The last two years have been amazing with regard to being able to focus on my goals for myself with regard to nutrition for the year of 2017 and part of the beginning of 2018, I worked for an organization that was a dietary detox facility. So that was the full-time job that I got after we started getting V-Life going. So it was all raw and living foods. And I was preparing foods for people that would come in and go through our program for about, it's a 21-day program, but they could do one week, two weeks, or three weeks. So we had a three-week menu and I was preparing all these foods. We used no processed foods. So everything was completely from scratch. And as I was working in that environment and you know everything there was organic, everything was fresh, everything was prepared very lovingly. We, we took a lot of time to make really healthy and uh, nutritious and beautiful and delicious foods for our guests. Going through that as an organization and working around people that lived that kind of lifestyle really helped me finally get to where I was trying to get with a whole foods plant-based diet. And so now I feel very good about that aspect. It was also a very active job. So I was on my feet at least eight hours a day because I would go for a walk in the morning. I would do a little bit of very minor yoga practice at home. I just do some sun salutations in the morning to get my body warmed up for the day. And then I'd go into work and um, we had a beautiful facility. I was mostly in the kitchen, but we also had a grow house where we would grow our own sprouts. And so I was walking up and down the hill and being outside in the sunshine. And really, it was a wonderful experience. And it sounds like working at the dietary detox facility allowed you to to both live out your vision of helping other people live more healthy, more well-balanced lives, but also you yourself, you were able to benefit from adopting that sort of lifestyle yourself. You know, I looked at it, it didn't really pay very much. It was truly just a kitchen prep job. And that was a concern for me at first. I thought, well, you know, this isn't going to be a long term thing. I I think this is just going to be get some experience and have some income while we also try to run our business on the side. That was truly what it did end up being. But I had to ultimately think about all these other benefits, these personal improvements I was able to make and being able to live the lifestyle I wanted. wanted. And um, not having too much responsibility at that time so that when I came home, I could focus on my classes on the weekends and on my evening classes and uh, teaching people. I also did get an opportunity to teach people at that facility. We didn't just feed people, but we also offered classes. So I got to teach classes about menu planning and I got to teach classes about fermenting foods. And um, those were also good opportunities to just get me back into teaching people as well. You mentioned money there, Kelly, and this is something that I actually think about a lot myself how to value money versus the non-monetary benefits of some of those other things you're talking about, where you get to do the things you want to do and spend your days doing the things that you are really passionate about. And I went back and listened to the other episode we did together, and you'd alluded to the fact that you knew you were going to be taking a bit of a financial risk in working on V-Life, and and yet you didn't want to let money stop you. Can you give me a glimpse into how things have been financially for you or at least like how you've been thinking about finances the past couple of years? I kind of have two different thoughts about it. One is when an experience is rich and full of either personal development opportunities or just really intrinsically fulfilling, 
as long as the pay covers the basics of life, I try not to worry too much about the pay. I'm pretty comfortable living a very simple life and enjoying a simple income that is giving me all sorts of other rich, personally fulfilling rewards. On the other hand, my husband and I have talked a lot about the fact that as we get older, we both certainly want to feel compensated for the amount of skills and learning and education that we currently hold. So that piece I'm still struggling with a little bit. The reason I left the dietary detox facility was over time, I thought, you know, I've been here for a year. I've gained a great experience. I've really got my diet and exercise on track. I'm feeling very good about myself, but I really want to be viewed in my career field as a subject matter expert. I want to learn more about nutrition. A lot of our guests had really difficult questions. And so I thought, you know, in order for my career to move to a much more professional level, and I'm certainly ready for more responsibility, I need to either have a corporate kind of job, I think, or really launch our business in a new direction and go big with that, and or maybe add another layer of education, which is where this um, move to Boston is going. And I think all of that comes from this concept that we want to be financially compensated for what we know. But maybe within this field of nutrition and wellness, we're going to have to approach it a little differently because as a field, it doesn't necessarily pay. Now, before we talk about Boston, I did have one more question about your current life, Kelly. One of the other things that I know is when you moved to Austin, that wasn't just a professional move. It was also a personal move for you. And a lot of your family's back in Missouri and moving to Austin was moving to a brand new city, totally different environment. Can you just give me a glimpse into what that's been like for you, life in Austin? How have you enjoyed it the past couple of years? Austin's a great place to live. It's a lot of fun. It's hot and people talk about that, but both of us were interested in living in a warmer climate. So that hasn't been a problem. There's lots of outdoor activities. There's fun things to do. The fact that so many people move from other places and come here to either be involved in the IT world or they have startups or for any variety of reasons, they're in the arts, they're in the music scene. So there are people from all over. So that means there's so many people that are looking for friends. <laughs> we had a hard time making friends the first couple of years and I was really homesick and I kept telling Devin, you know, maybe we should think about moving back to Springfield. It's cheaper. You know, there maybe we could do our business there. Ultimately, once we finally made a real effort to start making friends. We would uh, we joined meetup groups with like-minded people and we met some people there eventually. So as we would meet people that we felt like we had something in common with, we would just say, hey, how about you come over or how about we meet up for dinner somewhere sometime and, and you know, continue this conversation. And being able to practice that skill of just socializing and putting yourself out there and being very open to developing new relationships, whether it's professionally or socially, that has made all the difference. And I don't think I would have become so comfortable doing that had I stayed in Springfield. I think moving to Austin and forcing myself into a new realm where I didn't know anyone, that really stretched me and uh, 
that's been a very, very rewarding. We have some great friends here now, and um, that really helped us settle in and feel like Austin was home. Wow, that's fantastic. So, so now that you have settled in, it sounds like you're getting ready to move away now. So, <laughs> so let's, um, let's talk about Boston. What's happening in Boston? After working at the Dietary Detox Facility and getting all these great questions from guests that I couldn't answer, I, I was like, you know what? I really want to know the answers to these questions. And I, I'm the kind of person, I learn very well in a, in a school setting. Some people can just read online and, and educate themselves that way. I can, but I feel like if I'm going to do the learning anyway, I might as well get the credentials. And I don't think that ever hurts. So I applied to PhD programs just October, November of last year. And I happened to get into a couple and... Um, oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I was... Uh, admitted to two different programs or accepted to two different programs. And we visited the schools and the one in Boston, um, Tufts Friedman School of Nutrition, ended up really impressing both Devin and me. And we decided, I feel a once in a lifetime opportunity. So we're going to go. And though we have friends in Austin, and we really feel like we're comfortable here and, and it's home, I also know that these skills and the things I just mentioned about um, social interactions, they're very transferable. And I no longer fear moving to a new place and wondering whether I can make a happy home there. I think we can do that anywhere now. That is very exciting. I think what you're saying about having developed the muscle of moving, I think that's so true because like, I've moved around quite a bit myself and I know what you mean about making friends, like it's not the easiest thing to do. But once you've moved a couple of times and you know that you can do it, then you, it starts to be a little bit less frightening to make another move. So that's uh, that's very exciting. Now, I know that you had, uh, I guess in our email exchange, before we, we got on the phone, you'd mentioned that you had to make a couple big decisions related to your move to Boston. And I know at the time you were also offered a position as a director of operations at a bakery there in Austin. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> okay. How did you walk through that decision in your mind of either taking that role, which sounds really exciting, or going back to school? As I started making this emotional, mental plan for you know moving away from Austin, I, I started contacting some friends and people I'd worked with in my four years here, but that I hadn't seen for a while. And I just thought, you know, let's make some lunch dates and meet with people and just let them know what's going on in my life. I like to, to keep those relationships warm as a friend from an exchange program recommended. Keep those relationships warm because you never know when you're going to need to call on your network or when you're going to need a reference letter from that person or when you might just be able to keep a, a really strong friendship after you move away. So I met with um, one of the directors of the bakery that I had been a manager in. And so we're sitting there having lunch and she just kind of casually mentions, oh, by the way, we're looking for a director of operations. So I know you're planning this move to Boston, but if you've thought about getting back into the food manufacturing, just let me know. And, um, you know, we'd <laughs> love to have you back. And I thought, what? <laughs> you know, like I wasn't looking for that in this meeting right. at all. You know, we were just having the social lunch. And, um, she had told me what the pay was and uh, she told me the situation and it sounded really great. This is a startup company that's going national. You know, they're hoping to sell for $100 million within the next three to five years, probably less than that with the momentum that they're going through. And so as Devin and I talked about it, we were thinking, gosh, there could be a big payout. This could be a great opportunity. 
But at the same time, I knew that food manufacturing is actually not the direction that I really want to go. I could see myself working as a nutrition director or advisor or consultant for big manufacturing businesses. And I do think that that's a job that I would be very interested in in the future. But I also know the the nature of the work. And I also know that when I'm motivated to do something with regard to education, it's often important to take that opportunity when it comes, because a year from now, I might not have the same level of motivation. Two years from now, if I've been doing the director of ops position and making good money, I might not want to stop in the middle of that and go back to school. And the education to me is very important. And it is something that I want. It's something I've wanted for well over 10 years now. And I have the opportunity now. So ultimately, I decided I better seize it just for fear of not knowing. Um, Robert Frost's poem, Two Roads Diverged in a Yellow Wood, comes to mind. <laughs> you yep. know, he, he says, I looked down one as far as I could. And you know, I realized if I took this one, I might never come back. And it's likely that I'll never come back to this crossroads. That's a great segue, Kelly, into the last thing I was hoping to talk about with you before we wrap up, which is to just revisit some of the perspectives you shared with me a couple years ago. And one of those was to err on the side of action. And I think you were talking about giving yourself permission to go off and do the thing that you wanted to do, just to see what happens, knowing that it's going to be okay on the other end. And I'm just wondering, how did erring on the side of just quote unquote, going for it, end up turning out for you now that you've got a little bit of that 2020 vision? I say this with a huge smile on my face. I am so thankful that we made this move. It has been a constant winding path, even while we've been here in Austin. But I recently tallied all of the different adventures and opportunities and the people and the places um, that we've experienced. And it's a long, long list. And in four short years, we've accomplished a whole lot. We haven't made a whole lot of money, but we've had a really rich life. And we've had a lot of rich experiences. We've had enough money to be able to take vacations. We've developed personally. We've developed professionally. We've been able to educate ourselves and educate others. I feel very good about where we are today, even knowing that we're about to again embark on the unknown. Every day is kind of an unknown. And I think that four years worth of an adventure and excitement, along with the frustrations and upsets that have come along the way, but uh, it's all been worth it. Certainly worth it. I can say that with 100% certainty. No, that's fantastic to hear. And I think that you're making a really good point in pointing out the importance of the richness of your experiences beyond just the money side of things, which I think is what people so often tend to focus on. And they, they sort of forget about the actual, the value of the experiences that you're having. So it sounds like it, it's gone really well for you and you feel like this has been worth it. Knowing what you know now, is there anything that you think you would have done differently or that you, you might approach differently as you are getting ready for the next big change in your life? I have a little bit of a struggle spending the money that we earn because we don't make a whole lot of money. So sometimes I look at opportunities and I think, gee, could I do this myself and it would cost less? 
And, you know, I'll still be effective, maybe not as effective as paying someone else to do it for me, but it'll work out. I think I would loosen my purse strings a little bit. And it goes back to that concept of marketing or business. I think we probably could have been much more successful with launching V-Life and actually um, acquiring some corporate clients had we invested some money in a marketing company or, or um, paying someone to help us market ourselves because that wasn't a strong suit and it took so much time. And I think if we had someone doing those things for us, it would have been worth it. It would have been worth the investment. And so moving forward, I'm trying to think about my decisions that way. I have certain strengths. I also have certain weaknesses. And my goal in life is not to be good at everything or great at everything. I really want to capitalize on my strengths and recognize when there's an opportunity to pay someone else because they're better at doing something and it's really going to move us forward more quickly. I'm trying to find that balance and learn how to identify good resources and be willing to spend a little money on on help because we haven't done that in the past. And the last question I have for you, Kelly, and I'll let you go, is when you think about the past few years there in Austin and the fact that you made this really brave leap to go there. Is there anything that you've learned about yourself along the way? I think I've learned that I'm not really that interested in being my own boss, which surprised me. I thought having freedom of time and an ability to make decisions for myself is very important. And I think a lot of times we look at the opportunity of creating one's own business as ultimate freedom. And while that may be true in certain areas, it's not necessarily true in every area. And so doing a business where I can educate others about wellness, I have to find all my own students. Working at the culinary school and being able to teach health supportive baking was fantastic because they brought the students to me. All I had to do was focus on what I was going to be teaching. And so the stress was gone. I loved that opportunity. That was one of my favorites, one of my highlights from being in Austin teaching at the culinary school. So I, I think it's important to try to be one's own boss, but to also recognize if that's not for you, then it's not for you. And that's okay. I think for me, I would rather let someone else do the tough lifting and or the heavy lifting. And um, I can just come in and, and do what I do best, which is educate people and um, talk about the things that I really love, which is health supportive cooking and nutrition and wellness. That surprised me. I, I didn't know that that was going to be an outcome of starting our own business. I thought it was going to be a lot easier. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> over optimistic. <laughs> oh, yeah, people want to do this. Of course, they're going to want to do this. Why wouldn't they? You know, and they do they do. They just um, they want to do it in a different way than we anticipated. And it's it's a lot of work to do those businesses on your own when you're starting from the ground floor. I completely understand that. Kelly. I think that's a really honest and refreshing view because I think that so often the world of the self-employed entrepreneur or solopreneur is very much glamorized, but it is a lot of hard work and it, it can get really tiring sometimes. Like I experience that myself. Some days I just think, wow, this is really tiring. There's definitely a benefit to letting somebody else do the marketing or letting somebody else go out and, and source clients or opportunities or gigs. So yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for 
given us a glimpse into the past couple of years. This has been really interesting to hear how things turned out for you. And I just wanted to wish you the best of luck with your PhD at Tufts. That sounds super exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to hear how it all turns out for you when we check in again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. And um, I would just encourage all of your listeners to keep listening to the podcast. I've been re-listening throughout the four years, you know, anytime I needed some encouragement. And it's really been, it really has been encouraging to hear other people's stories. So thank you for your good work and for including me. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Kelly's thoughts on pursuing opportunities when the iron's hot, how much money does and does not play a role in your fulfillment, and why it's okay for your plans to evolve. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to share my thoughts on the benefits of making a career choice you know is good for your overall life. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I'd like to thank Audible for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks offering over 180,000 audiobook titles for listening anytime and anywhere on your favorite device. And for listeners of this show, they're offering a free audiobook download and 30-day trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash career relaunch to download your free audiobook today. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So there were so many points that I wanted to pick up on in today's Mental Fuel that Kelly mentioned today from making the most of those moments when you're feeling motivated to pursue a specific idea to the importance of outsourcing certain tasks to the topic of how much money is enough. But I've decided to focus on the upside of making a career choice you believe is going to be better for your overall life, especially since this feels like a fitting topic for this 50th episode of the show, and also because today's Thanksgiving, so I'm going to talk about what I'm thankful for. And I thought I'd just share my own personal observations of how my life has changed since I made my own choice to leave my more conventional and pretty stable corporate job behind to start my own business. I don't always talk about how things are going for me right now, but it's a question I do get asked a lot. Part of this podcast is about trying to help you understand the challenges of career change, which we talk a lot about on this show, everything from the emotions of self-doubt to the logistics of making a sudden change to the judgment you may face from others and the realities of what it takes which relates to what Kelly explained about how running your own business just isn't for everyone because it's just not that easy. But part of this podcast is also about trying to inspire you to make a positive change by explaining the upside of making a move you feel deep down is the right one for you. I'm talking about the kind of move that may not even look as good on paper or doesn't even make as much logical, rational sense but just feels deep down like it's way overdue and feels like the right thing to do for you and the people in your life. So I'm now five years into my most recent career change from the corporate world to self-employment, and I wanted to let you know how it's going by sharing four observations I've noticed about myself since making this change, all of which are positive changes that more than offset the challenges I've talked about in past episodes that inevitably come up when you're trying to launch and maintain your own independent business or do anything that's off the beaten path for that matter. First, compared to how I was when I worked in a more traditional nine to six corporate marketing job, 
I'm in a much better mood these days. I definitely feel this with my friends and family, but I most often notice this in my day-to-day interactions with strangers on the street. I'm just friendlier with people. I'm friendlier with the person I sit next to when I'm commuting, the person at the counter when I'm buying lunch, the random people who just look like they could use a hand. I smile a lot more and I laugh a lot more. And I think that's a change from how I was when I first moved to London and something I've noticed the past few weeks since moving back to London after being away for a few years. And I think part of this is related to the second thing I notice, which is just that I'm in better shape, not at the very moment because I've got a cold, but generally I'm feeling great both physically and emotionally. I feel really energized by my work And that energy spreads into the rest of my life. More energy helps me exercise more regularly. Energy helps me be a better family member, husband, parent, and friend. Energy helps me put more into everything I do, both within and outside of work. And emotionally, I feel healthier because I'm spending my waking hours in ways I find meaningful and fulfilling. I feel really content. I feel really happy. And I feel really fortunate. Which brings me to my third observation. I feel really thankful each and every day to have the flexibility I do in my schedule. I've been able to spend more time these past few years with my wife, and I've been able to travel more freely on a schedule I have quite a bit of control over. As you may have read in my email newsletter, most recently, my family's transition from Southampton to Croydon has come with some hiccups, mostly related to childcare for our daughter. And if it weren't for my flexible schedule and ability to shift things around when necessary, my wife and I probably would have been in a bit of a bind. I've been able to spend a lot of time with my daughter, Juliet, who just turned one earlier this month. And this extra time with her means a lot to me because she's never going to be this age again. Finally, and most importantly, I feel really grateful for what I have in my life in a way that I don't think I did when I was working in the corporate world, even though on paper, I probably had more materially. Right now, probably similar to Kelly, I wouldn't say I have the fanciest, most glamorous lifestyle. I do watch my budget, probably more closely than I did when I had the predictability and stability of a full-time office job. I'm definitely more careful with money more than I used to be, but we have plenty. We live very comfortably and we have everything we need. And there's not a single day that goes by when I don't appreciate how much I have. And part of that is driven by the fact that I just have more headspace right now to step back and appreciate how comfortable life is right now, especially because I know it can all change in an instant, that things can suddenly get taken away from you in the blink of an eye. So I really do my best to not take anything I do have for granted. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because increasingly, especially around this time of the year when people are wrapping up their work before the holidays, I get asked the question a lot from people who have fairly comfortable, stable jobs, but know they're not completely happy with where their career is headed long term about whether making a career change is worth it, especially because it's generally kind of risky and takes a lot of effort. And what I normally tell people is that career change is definitely not for the faint of heart 
and it doesn't always go exactly the way you want, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, and if one of those reasons is to finally pursue that thing that's been tugging at you for so long because you know it could do so much for you and the people around you, that there are plenty of benefits that make the journey worth it. This takes me to a quote from the late Johnny Carson. Never continue in a job you don't enjoy. If you're happy in what you're doing, you'll like yourself and you'll have inner peace. And if you have that, along with physical health, you will have had more success than you could possibly have imagined. So my challenge to you is to take the time you have off from work this holiday season and just reflect on one of the ideas you've been thinking about pursuing for quite some time and to just take a few minutes and consider what sort of benefit it could have, not just on your career, but even more importantly on the rest of your life and the rest of the people in your life. Make a list of the potential impact it could realistically have on your physical health, your mental health, your family life, your personal and professional growth, even your friendships. And there might be some negatives. But if you get clear on what the upside could be, it might help you decide that the time has come to take this road less traveled. Before I go today, I just wanted to thank you for being a loyal listener to this show. I really enjoy hosting Career Relaunch, and I'm always looking for ways to make the show even better for you. So if you have a suggestion, if you think someone would make a great guest, or if you would just like to hear about a specific kind of job change on the show, you can help shape one of the next episodes by dropping me an email at joseph at careerrelaunch.net, or better yet, leaving me a voicemail at careerrelaunch.net slash 50, where you can also find a summary of all the points from today's conversation with Kelly. Coming up next time, I'm going to be back on the other side of the Atlantic featuring a guest in London who left his stable accountancy job at Deloitte to become a rapper and eventually found his own SEO agency. We're going to talk about what it's like to be an Indian rapper trying to break into the rap scene and how to overcome the fears of putting yourself out there. Thanks so much for listening to this special 50th episode of Career Relaunch and a special thanks again to Kelly Cara for returning once again to give us a glimpse into her career change journey that continues to evolve. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu and I'll see you next time.